The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Hello, my name's Bill. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm here in the UK doing UK things, not being eaten by giant people. And I'm Tyler in the US, also not being eaten by giant people. And we host The Coordinate, an Attack on Titan podcast, where we are... Hold on a second, Tyler. Hold on. There's some weird noises going on outside the door. Let me just go check it out quickly. Ah! 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 It's Twitter Troy Titan. Ah! Ah, my leg! Ah, he's eating my leg! Ah! Bill? No! Oh, it's gone! He's eating my bloody leg, Tyler! Troy's eating my f***ing leg! Oh. Uh, anyways... Uh, we're a monthly podcast where we read an arc of the manga a month, try to get Bill caught up. Uh, Bill, you want to tell them where they can find us? Uh, what? What? You want, what, what's, what do you want? Where can people listen to the podcast? I don't, uh, oh, I don't have a clue. Oh, he's going to eat me. He's going to eat me. Oh. Oh, why are there so many cats in here? Uh, can I get a new co-host? Welcome to the RPG, The Golden Years. This is your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, present, and future. And this is the Alondra Review. I'm Rich. I'm Caleb. And I'm Bill, and this is RPG The After Years slash Golden. Yes, hello RPGers and welcome back. Today we're going back to the RPG, back to the list, back to the past, and back to me getting a croaky voice all of a sudden. (laughs) And back to the game that may not even be an RPG. (laughs) It's the long-elated awaited uh, awaited Alandra review the greatest Zelda game you've never played but first here's seven minutes of rap metal <laughs> of rap death metal no seriously it's seven minutes long if you don't like it skip ahead Wake up in a tower, people are like frogs and a full-time job. 
drink tranquility, so cerebral. I'm working overtime, y'all. Oh, yes, to the thing that I'm on. Hell no. I'm here to save Underwater, just like us, a sea urchin. Cause I gotta find a way to get more power. I gotta go save insane power. When I get home, I just barely allow. And it doesn't really help me sleep deprived. Everybody's like, please save my brain. Nobody asking how the hell have I been. I'm working. 
the legendary Zoltan who kindly gave us permission to use his work on the show so please check him out on YouTube um, he has a great song on FS tactics as well if you like his work and uh, there'll be links below in the show notes help pointing down with as always into the show notes <laughs> Guys, what have we been up to? Caleb, who are you? <laughs> I am Caleb, and uh, you know, Bill roped me into doing the podcast. I got a random message on uh, Twitter one day, and I've always wanted to be on a podcast anyway, so it's pretty easy for me to say yes. Like, uh, let's go, let's do this. And Alundra is one of my favorite games that I think not enough people have played. And uh, it was actually kind of strange how I got to play it, too. I, uh, my best friend, um, I hadn't even heard about it. I didn't know anything about it. And he told me that it was supposed to be the Zelda killer. Well, I was instantly interested because I played Nintendo until PS1. And he talked me into PS1 um, by getting me to play Sukoden. So that was my introduction to RPGs. It wasn't the first RPG I ever played, but it was the first one I beat. And uh, what was the first RPG you ever played? The first RPG I ever played was, um, I can't remember if it was Final Fantasy IV or if it was, uh, or Final Fantasy II on the Super Nintendo, or if it was uh, the, the Mario, Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars. Oh, nice. But, but Mario RPG like destroyed me. I got so mad at that game because it just, I, I, I knew what Mario was at the time. Mario was running and jumping and I'm killing Goombas and I'm jumping on Koopa Troopas and I'm catching the flag at the end of the level. And now what is this game where I'm Mario and I can jump, but there's no boxes and you run around this world. And, and I stuck it out. <clears throat> and I remember very specifically, I don't know if you guys, have you guys played the game, right? I actually had yeah. I okay, had, really? I, played a little bit, yeah. I, I had I had a um, I had a Mega Drive for Genesis. <laughs> okay, well you got to get on that because it is a good game. But oh, yeah, yeah. I got to a part, and I very remember I remember it super specifically for some reason. One of those weird moments that sticks out in your head. And, and I got to a, a puzzle, and you had to like reform the words. And when I went back and replayed this game and beat it later, I remember getting there, and the and the password is bone. 
And it was like so obvious and silly and stupid. I was like, <laughs> I don't know how I didn't get this back in the day, but not being an RPG player at the time. Um, yeah, I was new to the whole thing and I was frustrated with that. Did you but, say the password was bomb? B-O-N-E, bone. Oh, bone. I thought you said bomb. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah. God, that is such a deep pull because I'm pretty sure bomb is the password. You have to give May a domino in Final Fantasy VII. Oh, oh yeah, in the original seven, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that's a really deep pull if they put that in, and that's a reference to the uh, Super Mario RPG. Yeah, <laughs> but no, they didn't. Um, so yeah, so back to Alandra. Um, so so back to Alandra. Yes, he Zelda killer, and I was instantly interested. Um, I, the first time I played it, I actually rented it, and I returned it immediately because that game is super hard. I ended I up buying. The exact same thing. Yes, and I ended <laughs> I remember, up buying. I remember, sorry. yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. After playing FF Seven, I remember going to like the video store and thinking, "Yeah, I'm going to rent some games that yeah. are like RPGs." And this one had a thing on it saying, "You know, it won second best RPG of '97." And I was just like, "Okay, I'm going to give this a try." And then, yeah, I think I barely got off the ship. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, "I can't handle this. I don't have a clue what's going on." <laughs> so so yeah, I ran. Out. I ran around for about an hour, and I was done. I was like, "Yeah, no, I don't know what's going on." I mean, the game was. I, I liked the graphics even back then, but I was like, "No, I don't know what's going on here." So I eventually, it turned into a running joke between me and my best friend. I bought the game and I had it, and it's absolutely a beautiful collection piece. I love working designs. Um, and I started it multiple times and then I finally randomly went into our local bookstore and they had this oh, here we go. garbage, this garbage, unofficial Prima. It's an Alundra strategy guide. <laughs> an unofficial one. An unofficial one. It has like no pictures in it. It's just text. And this is game... <laughs> GameFAQs might have been around at that point, but GameFAQs was not something that I knew about at that point, so I wasn't using it. So I wasn't used to even like, I like the strategy guides I have were the, you know, seven strategy guides, eight might have even, Final Fantasy eight might have been out at that t time too. And, you know, they have pictures and like little maps and even like GameFAQs, right? They do the ASCII maps sometimes and they're pretty yeah. good. And this is just all text. And I was like, it, it the, <laughs> I kind of just buckled down. I'm like, I'm going to beat this game, you know? Uh, and then I'm going to rub it in my friend's face and tell him that I can do it. He can't, right? It was like a point of pride thing. So I used that garbage guide. And at some point, the game just clicked and I just continued on. So, yeah. And, and I've been, he still hasn't played it or beat it anyways to this day. Um, and I still give him a hard time about it from time to time. And You're right. I try and I try and get as many people to play it as I can, but there's always the prerequisite of it's pretty hard. So, yeah. oh yeah, like like I said, I bounced off this game pretty hard when I first played it back in the day. Um, I do own it. I even own Alandra too, but I've never played it, <laughs> which I think which I think is a good thing to be honest with you. It, um, it is. It is a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right then. So, uh, Rich, what have you been up to, mate? Well, I have just been mainly playing Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I beat that last week. We were doing our review for that for the, R the R uh, RPG you mean, After Years. You mean remake? Remake, yeah. Let's, let's put some remake. Let's put some of the brackets around that. Yeah, remake. remake. Um, <laughs> and then, as of now, I'm playing Tales of Asperia on my Switch, um, playing a little bit of Crisis Core, and that's really all I've been doing. Did you say Vesperia or Busperia? Vesperia. 
Okay. I've gone ahead because I've got 15 hours into that game. I'm right there with Jay. We're kind of neck and neck. So um, I think yeah. Jay's finished the series, isn't he? He has. Yeah, cool. he finished that one. I just decided, well, I'll just keep – because I lost track. I lost uh, footing with that one with him. So he beat that one before I could even, like, get five hours into it. Oh, okay. um, I thought he was much further into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now I'm just uh, playing – Crisis Core, I think me and Scott talked about this where I might go through and play the whole compilation of seven just to kind of see what happens with everything. Have um, you not played Crisis Core? No, I have. I love it. It's like oh, one of my all-time favorite games. Um, good man. It's it's amazing. Um, you can definitely see you could definitely see the similarities between Crisis Core and the remake. Oh, with that so. um yeah, the scene in the remake with um thingy magic is exact is like exactly scene for scene from the PSP game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's not talk I've, about I've, that. I've seen yeah. it on YouTube Don't side by side. No, I'm not going to spoil yeah. anything. Yeah, I, I know <laughs> what you're talking about, and yes, <laughs> no <Yeah>. spoilers. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I'm getting ready to probably start Sword of Vermilion at some so, point. So are you? So you're going to be joining me for Sword of Vermilion? Well, yeah, I have it. Yeah. That's what's the plan. <laughs> um, the list, the list does go on on some things, <laughs> but we are trying to do as best we can. The list must go on. I know. The list must go on. So, uh, in that um, case, will you be playing Metal Max Returns after Sword of the Million? Maybe. We'll see. Okay. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> speaking of the list, uh, Caleb, you mentioned that Bill had roped you in a podcast. You, you might want to be careful with that. Um, that's how you end up getting on a podcast where there's like 400 RPGs you have to play. Well, uh, I mean... That's how that it sounds appealing at the time, but like a hundred RPGs in, I don't know how that goes. So I'm not even like 10 in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just no. terrible. I think we're up to, I think this is like 14 or 15 on the list, something like that. I what I want to know is how do you guys do these as well as try and play like current stuff? Because that's where I'm mm. like, man, you guys are like hardcore. Oh, there you go. So, Alondra um, is game 12. Um, well, basically, know how we do that. Rich plays all the current stuff, yep, <laughs> and okay. then generally fails at playing the old stuff <laughs> yep. and i'll try the old stuff and then if i really don't like it and it's it's god awful terrible i will kick and scream to the point where i don't play the game so yeah which happens so ie see fantasy star 2 this game um yeah we're gonna have to talk about that too yeah <laughs> um yeah so i mean for me like um, i can't do any modern gaming you can't just, do any modern gaming really uh, well I, I could if i really tried but it involved not sleeping ever <laughs> oh okay <laughs> i got sleep. you it's not because you don't like care for him or anything it's because no no no, no. last last game to. no i bought um well, i didn't buy i, I got the uh, my ps4 for like christmas two years ago and i got my sister as a christmas present to get me final fantasy 15 so it was just like a month or two after it came out that was the last game i've played that's of the modern era until I got the switch, so, I got the switch recently. Did you like fifteen? Oh uh, yeah, it was alright. Okay, I I loved it myself. <laughs> yeah. So Rich, Rich loved it too. Nice. Yay. Yes. I think we're talking about playing that again. Yes. High five. <laughs> um, I think we're talking about playing it again. You go away, Bill. Um, <laughs> hey, it's alright. Yeah. It's alright. I didn't care much for the side quests, but story wise, oh. it got good. Good. Got good towards the end. You know, if if I can like FF8, which only gets good in disc four, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can like Final Fantasy 15 as well. There you go. But Bill, what have you been doing? What have I been doing? So um, I managed to make some fairly decent progress in Grandia 2. 
which is unusual. Now, I did say yes. I didn't want to put too much into it until I finally did the Alandra review. Here we are. So I'll be putting a bit more into that once once we get once once this is um, well actually no because this is going to be delayed for a few weeks actually coming out from time of recording. Yep, <laughs> spoiling spoiling up on the background stuff. Uh, but yes, um, I'm probably about one third of the way through Grandia Two, so I should be able to start ploughing through that soon, which is be good. Uh, I have some gripes with that game. Um, I'm I don't think I like it as much as the first one so far. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. We'll talk but about that. I like some of the characters more than I did in the first one. What about the battle but, system? Oh, God, terrible. In the second <sighs> one, really? Yeah. We'll talk about that one, yeah. Okay. I like it, but it's the animations, man. They're just too long. The first well, it's one not just the animations. There's other stuff, too, that, that are bad. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it's improved on the first one, but apart from the, the animations, that was the one thing that needed to be shortened, and they made them longer. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we could say that for the Grandia Two review when it comes up. Yes. Yeah, um, I want to so, keep going, but I'll I'll not uh, I'll let you leave that to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so then uh, Sword of a Million up after uh, it will be up next after Grandia Two, and um, I've already played an hour of that, um, just sort of testing Ooh. it out on my testing out my name. Like, oh god, Rich, it's terrible. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hate it. <laughs> Super excited for that shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, um, I'm gonna hate it too, to be honest with you. <laughs> I have it on my Switch. Yeah, yeah, that's a bonus. I bought Flashback on my Switch. There you go. Uh, yeah, there you go. For, for the five people who own that game in the world, uh, amazing, amazing action game um, from the Genesis days. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm really looking forward to a Metal Max Returns after Sword of a Million. That's gonna be a nice carrot for, to get us through that game, I think. And uh, yeah, hopefully, I'll improve on my my uh, my my speed run that I currently have for that game. Nice. <laughs> I have a third place for the bad ending. You could basically end that game in like twenty minutes. <laughs> oh, sweet! I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that won't count for the podcast. <laughs> um, yes, it does. <laughs> no, that only counts if you're going to be speedrunning. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Then. So uh, let's move on to the uh, state of the podcast, Rich. So, Patreon benefits. Uh, as part of the uh, Patreon side of the podcast, you can get early access to the episodes as well as ad-free versions of the episodes. Uh, you can participate live in the video versions. I have no idea if this is live, Rich. It is not. <laughs> All right, okay. I don't know how Scott sets those up. <laughs> but I wasn't sure. <laughs> Sorry, Caleb, I should have warned you. There was a possibility this could have been live, <laughs> streamed on YouTube. I, I would have been cool if you, if you uh, <laughs> jumped it on me right here. <laughs> 
there's only four p there's only four people to be watching yeah <laughs> and one of those is rich yep <laughs> uh we do our aftercast and actually we just released an aftercast today for um uh, how the guys have been coping with the uh, coronavirus outbreak and being locked in uh lots of extra reviews and more yeah with those reviews we do have uh in the pipeline we have a couple of them uh re3 remake between me and scott that's possibly going to be recorded at some point um and then the captain toad review between scott and Corey, they're going to be looking at that there's a lot of other special reviews that we're looking at doing um it just depends on when we beat those uh tales games and various ones um that aren't considered rpgs that's what we're going to look at yep and also on the uh, as a little extra cheeky cheeky bonus on the patron feed there is a um a patron from another pod a patron episode from another podcast a patron exclusive from the uh, Hardcore Gaming 101 podcast because uh, they asked me to come on and do a review of Final Fantasy 2 for the NES. So, um, and that was again, that was a patron exclusive for them. So they said we could use it as a patron exclusive for us as well. So there's nice. that. So there's that. Um, so the last one that we do have is the Aftercast. So, Bill, you mentioned that one. The Aftercast is generally where me, Jay, and Scott get together um, and we just talk about things that really aren't in the gaming industry that are affecting us. Um, we had one that was talking about the coronavirus and how we're dealing with it. The one before that was controversies and censorship. Um, we do that probably about once a month. So definitely if you want to hear things that, you know, are near and dear to our hearts or, if, you know, something that might offend you, check out the aftercast. And then finally, the material lockdown. We are entering into the last month of the material lockdown. So, guys, if you if you have just bounced off the Final Fantasy remake and you know all the spoilers from the end, <laughs> and so you now want to go back and play the original Final Fantasy, uh, join in with the material lockdown at materiallockdown.com. Um, and again, all you need is a Twitter account to uh, participate. Uh, and it only has one month left to run now until June the 3rd. And remember, it's all for a good cause. And if you feel like donating to the motor neurone disease, which we're trying to raise money for as part of the Materia Lockdown event, um, you can do so. Again, all the information is on materialockdown.com. And again, nice. ends June 3rd. So Real quick, about that, are we going to discuss potentially upping it to the new Final Fantasy remake? Giving that as an option? Possibly, but given, you know, I... I no, until next year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll next year. We'll decide. We'll talk about that. All I know about it, like I know all the spoilers from the seven uh, remake, um, <laughs> and uh, all I know is about the material system is that it's not really needed. Nope. <laughs> That's all I've heard about it. <laughs> I assume there's a few things you can use, but yeah, uh, I would love to make it work for both events, uh, both games, if possible. But we'll have to see. Yeah. Yes. <whistles> all right. Well, let's take a quick break before we get to our main discussion. Do you like video games? Ever thought about making a video game? Do you find that a week or two weeks is kinda short for a game jam? Well, have I got the game jam for you. Would the week can make this work? Probably game jam. The jam runs from April 20th to June 9th to provide a nice amount of time for you to make something cool. And the theme is, if you can smell that fat, you're not far enough apart. Shout out to the Lebanon Main Fire Department for this meme. Check out the link in the description for more information and to figure out how to join and submit. Have fun! Alright guys, welcome back. Let's get to our main discussion. The 90s PS1 action RPG, Alondra. Mm -hmm. 
Alondra was released in North America 8,148 days ago on January 8th, 1998, and is now 22 years old. Oh, yes. It's legal. It is legal now. <laughs> uh, but that's as of uh, the time of the recording. I was expecting this to go out a bit earlier. <laughs> and yeah. we only discussed today when this would actually be released. So this is going to be our It'll 100th. probably be... Will be 100th episode? Oh, no, 101. Oh, I think we're, we're planning so... to do something special for the 100th. So this is going to come out after that. <laughs> We nice. don't even know what it is yet. <laughs> I suggested we all just play Jackbox Party and record it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but yes, uh, as usual for our game reviews, we like to do uh, what was number one in the charts. Okay. So guys, 1998, January, what do you think was number one in charts for the US? Caleb, you guess. 1998. Well, Seven was released in 1997. <laughs> Um, and are, are we doing just RPGs? Number one RPG, or are we doing like number one game of nineteen? Oh no, oh, no, no this sorry, is number one in the charts, not in the music. Oh, music. number one in the music charts. I don't know. This is okay. So we're gonna do "I Want It That Way" by Backstreet Boys. I have no idea. <laughs> I was gonna say a Backstreet Boys song or an NSYNC song. <laughs> Normally is, but no, it's actually a um, it's actually an Elton John song. Now you belong to heaven, and the stars spell out your name. And it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind, never fading with the sunset oh, when the rain set in. <laughs> Rich has got his lighter out. <laughs> <laughs> so that was when Princess Diana passed away. I yeah, that, well, that. Uh, yeah, that is even that video is just like all pictures of Princess Diana going back and forth. Yeah. And um, I don't think you guys even know who the All, all Saints are, do you? No, no, because <laughs> this was number one for the UK. I'm going out of my mind. All the answers to my questions I have to find. My head spins. <laughs> Boy, I'm in that day. I feel isolated. What is this trash? <laughs> you want to communicate? I'll take a shower. I will scour. Yeah, never ever by the All Saints. Love that song. That's uh, <laughs> that really brings me back to my childhood. <laughs> Just no, all sorts of no around. No, <laughs> no. So oh, good. come on, Dear. Rich. No, nineteen ninety eight was a terrible year. Apparently, <laughs> no, it was a great year. Absolutely great yeah. year because we got Alundra. <laughs> Again, terrible year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So, let's get into the history of the game.
So um, it was actually, I found it quite difficult to find much on the development of Alandra other than like the two facts that basically every single person on the earth seems to know. Um, <laughs> when it comes, well, whenever you look up Alandra, there only seems to be two facts about it. So it was developed by um, uh, Matrix Software, which used to be, or didn't used to be, so let me start from here. So it started with Climax Entertainment, who were a video game, uh, Japanese video game development company. Uh, and they were quite small and they only had like 20 staff back in 1999 and they got their sort of break back in the 16-bit era with like the Sega Genesis console or Sega Mega Drive in, the, in Europe. Um, they developed games like Shining in the Darkness, Shining Falls and also more relevant to Alandra they created the games called Landstalker which Alandra is kind of like a, a spiritual sequel. I've heard of those. Yeah. Yeah, well, especially uh, Shining Falls. <laughs> Landstalker looks amazing. I uh, I've always had an interest in that game, and I did not realize like just how spot on it looks to Alundra. It's like very clearly comes from the same people. I mean, it's oh. like yeah, it's insane. Oh, yes. And and then when you look at the main characters, it's like okay, you almost like ripped off the main character. But they're pretty. I mean, the thing is, like Nigel, <laughs> I think his name's Nigel. Yeah, from, Nigel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> from Landstalker is. A pretty close ripoff from the uh, like the the artwork that they did for Link from Legend of Zelda: uh, Link to the Past. So like the official sort of like you know dramatized artwork from the sprites. Um, he was really similar to that, and then Alandra is just like a carbon copy of Nigel. <laughs> so we sort of come that full circle from <laughs> Zelda, making our way up to Alandra. Um, but yeah, Landstalker, Treasures of the um, uh, Noble King, which was done by um, <clears throat> the Climax, uh, is an action adventure game. So is Alandra. It's not an RPG. <laughs> it's and true. yeah, they made yeah, they made that for the Sega Mega Drive Genesis back in 1992. And there was also a spin-off called Lady Stalker, which I'm not going to get into. It sounds creepy. Yeah, that, you, could you come up with a more creepy name? I don't think you could. <laughs> Lady Stalker, challenge from the past. <laughs> <laughs> then um, there was also um, another what is considered the spiritual successor of that um, Landstalk series called Dark Saviour <clears throat> on the Sega Saturn. But that also has like middling reviews. Um, so I don't know much about it other than the fact it's kind of the same people again making another game further down the line. Uh, and yeah, and a fun fact, uh, Nigel and Friday from Landstalker appear in the Dreamcast game Time Stalkers for the five people who ever owned a Dreamcast. <laughs> um, no one ever owned those things. No. So the reason why... Uh, Alandra is considered a spiritual successor, as Caleb said. Like the main characters look almost exactly the same. The um, the kind of the gameplay style, despite the fact Landstalker is kind of like a more 3D isometric world, is very similar with like the sort of the jumping, the puzzles, the mechanics, the fight, you know, slash and hack. It's all, and when you look at them, even though they do feel different in the design, you can see like this is the progression of this game. This is what it used to look like. This is what it looks like now. And it was because the uh, the game's programming and design team were all the guys who used to work at uh, Climax Studios, who then left to form Matrix Studios. And Alandra was their first game out, which they had as like their flagship. Um, the game was published um, in by Sony in Japan, by Working Designs in North America. Thank you, Working Designs. And, working Designs um, is amazing. I, yes. I cannot speak enough praises of Working Designs. I, everything they do is just like beautiful. Even if you don't <laughs> like the game, the packaging their stuff comes in is just awesome. 
definitely, man. Just they did such a good job. And in Europe, I had um, uh, Saigonis. Um, so we had their stupid owl logo plastered <laughs> all over the box. <laughs> it just looks awful. <laughs> I think we got a better front cover, but we had this stupid owl logo on it. <laughs> and uh, Working Designs also worked on the translation. That's important, but they did the English translation for the game. And they did such an amazing job of doing the design, uh, the translation on all the characters and making it like feel really natural. Like people weren't just saying like, that's my daughter, she's psychotic. <laughs> people would actually tell you like a big story about things and then just drop in during the conversation that my daughter would, da 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 da. And yeah, they just did an amazing, amazing job. Uh, maybe not with the surfer guy. <laughs> I don't know whether they went down that route of making a, a is it Beldia, a surfer? It's like, yeah, man, come on, Alandria. <laughs> Let's go hit some waves, bro. <laughs> Just like, other than that, I thought most of the characters felt very natural. Um, yeah, apart from the one, you know, super Californian dude. <laughs> um, the game had actually sold 1,400, sorry, 143,114 copies in Japan by the end of 1997. And Following its release in North America, Working Design sold over 100,000 copies of the game in a single month in early 1998. So the actual launch was a huge, huge success, but then the sales just plummeted. And so they figured just, out what it was. Oh, get <laughs> it was out of here. An amazing game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was just like, it was just a bit strange. Like, it just sold really, really well. I think just off the back of, like, say, Final Fantasy VII, having things published and you know uh advertised as an rpg was kind of going to always going to be a big hit but yeah for some reason just absolutely dropped off which is kind I, of why the games despite its early success is largely forgotten in today's world i don't think rich is completely wrong either like he said they realized what it was and it's not because it's a bad game but it is a hard game which makes it hard to get into and i this is just obviously a theory because i don't remember but I'm imagining it sold so well initially because I, as a person who grew up on Nintendo, was starved for a Zelda-like game, right? Because I didn't have that on PlayStation. So like I said at the top, when my best friend told me that this was supposed to be the Zelda killer, I was like all over it. Like, give it to me now. And, and then it took me like three tries to actually beat it because it was hard. So I think maybe people were like jacked up and excited to get this. Like, I mean, it, it looks very similar to Zelda in, in mm -hmm. like, oh, you have diamonds instead of hearts or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then they're like, holy crap, this is like way more difficult. So, uh, and then they just dropped it. And then we're, you know how word spreads and everybody's like, oh, too hard. Okay. See you later. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I was on the opposite end coming off the back of Final Fantasy seven, looking for more RPGs to play. And this thing had an award saying it was the second best RPG of 97. Despite that it came out in 98. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah i was just like yeah i'm gonna play this and it's just like and i was given a zelda game that was hard as nails i was just like i have no idea what's going on here <laughs> i'm gonna take this back and get get wild arms which i then went to the shop and bought <laughs> amazing um, game yeah so, such a good game um so yeah so despite it's like early successes it's kind of just been rather forgotten about um other than like diehard fans and i think because of the difficulty of it it did turn a lot of people away and i think also again using the fact of it saying it's an rpg to try and sell extra copies whereas actually it's an action adventure zelda game i think if they just focus more on the zelda thing it was sold more because no there hadn't been a new zelda since link to the past for almost six years at this point 
and it'll be another yeah, year until Ocarina of Time came out on the N64. And also, if you kind of like looked at them, those, those two games, Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time, and then if you put a Lander in the middle and called it Zelda, it would look like the perfect progression going up to the 3D environment from like the old agree. NES pixel art to the Alandra's like colourful, almost anime art to the 3D world of Ocarina of Time. You know, you would have had that perfect progression. So this was the Zelda game that we were all missing in between. But it's just hmm. harder than any Zelda game you've ever played in your life. <laughs> Zelda tends to leave an item, you know, like the bow and arrow, and then the next boss, you know you have to kill it with a bow and arrow. Whereas Alandra, you probably found that bow and arrow six caves back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you've probably forgotten all about it, and it's the key to killing this boss. The game makes you want to learn what it wants you to learn, and it makes you mm. good at it. Um, the music was composed by um, uh, Kohi Takanawa, and uh, Takana, sorry, and is quite frankly an absolute masterpiece. I'm so, so spoiled trying to pick songs from this game to put into this review. <laughs> I've literally downloaded more than I have slots for, so I may be trying to squeeze some extra ones in halfway through the review. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no less than brilliant. The music in the game is, is stellar. Oh, just... Oh, I just absolutely love it. And it really works with the moment as well. And I did see an interview as well with some of the people who worked on, on the game saying about one of the key things that they had on their like design sheet saying, you know, what should we do? It was part of the music and the art of silence. And so this game's very dark at times. And during those dark moments, the music gets turned right down. So then all you're left with is a lot of the sound effects in the background. And it really makes those moments in the game very hard hitting. And that was something they specifically worked on during the game, during the design of the game. So just, yeah, I thought the soundtrack was absolutely incredible for this game. And the game was a critically, again, it, it received critical acclaim on POM release. Uh, it was praised for its well-written story and characterization, smooth game mechanics and platforming. They are smooth, <laughs> just hard as fuck. <laughs> Yes, it was. <laughs> and um, it has extremely challenging gameplay and puzzles, and it has an expansive overworld exploration. Uh, the sequel, entitled Alandra 2, has very little in common with the original. Um, I even think the guy's called Felix. He's not even called Alandra or something. It's, got, it's, a really, it's got a really dumb name. And um, yeah, it's really like cartoony and kiddish. Gets, gets rid of the dark storylines. Uh, all 3D graphics. Uh, apparently, a lot of the puzzles are very good still. Like no. working no 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 <laughs> i uh i might have hated this game unfairly because i came off of alundra and i absolutely like loved it and and then i'm playing this game and i rented it because it's a lunder too i'm jacked and through the roof and i didn't have a lot of money i rented it and i was able to beat this game over like a weekend and i wasn't even like heavily playing because i didn't like the game that much and it just felt like hmm. now it's something that i would let, let my kids play like kids like 10 11 12 if they were that old play and you know what i mean because it's like oh here's some puzzles but the puzzles were incredibly easy and puzzles are hard to do in games man because i think that there's this fine line of like absolutely nailing it where it's like oh i feel brilliant right now i feel super smart and this line of it too hard and too easy and it's easy to cross that and just nail it and alundra too it was like way too simple way too easy it was super kitty as you said and it was not it was no i was so mad at that game dude because i loved alundra so much that game was it was awful it was awful i tell people don't play it don't do it yeah, is this on our list 
Is the Launder two on the list? Oh, you'll oh, you like can... it better, Rich, because you can actually Woo! beat it. Yeah, I think it's more. I think it's more of an RPG. <laughs> I think it's definitely is. Well, let's, let's face it. If Alanja's on the list, Alanja two is definitely going to be on there. Yeah, you, um, and it's. I like I said, I might be hating on it unfairly, but it's. It's just. It was too easy. It. Here's the best advice I can give about that game. It is not in a Lunder sequel. Think of it as a completely different game, and then you will probably be fine. And and yeah. like I said, Rich should be able to actually beat that one. So. Oh, look, at that, look at that, Rich. It's straight after Saga Frontier Two. That'll be a nice, easy one after Saga Frontier Two. <laughs> Why? Uh, well, oh my God. Don't forget, Saga Frontier Two is nothing like the original. Saga it's not. Frontier. It's it's good. It's more streamlined. It's not as obtuse. Yes. I'm seeing. I just <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna get to Legends of Legaia. That's all oh, I okay, want. Yeah. There we go. So That's all Sword I want. Of, Sword of a Million, Metal Max Returns, Shining in the Darkness, Legend of the Groom. War song, uh, <laughs> Laplace's demon, uh, sword That's... of hope, legend of Lagaya. Oh, uh, look at that shirt! I like it. Caleb's got a Sudoken. Um, I can't even say the word. Sweetoken. <laughs> I call it. I call it Sukoden, but I think the correct term is Suikoden. Yeah. Suikoden. Yeah. I always call it, legend... it Sukoden for some reason. Um, Legends of Dragoon is pretty long too. Yeah, I know. But it's so good. So yeah. good. Uh, they need to remake that game. I would love it. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Continue on. We've got no, some sorry, awards yeah. here. Bill, you want me to talk? I can, I, <laughs> I love, I can talk about some things. Yeah, go on. You, you can talk about it. <laughs> okay. So, Alondra has been made available as downloadable game on the PlayStation, or PS1 Classic service for PlayStation 3, making it possible for, for me to play it and Bill on the Vita. So, if you do um, want to take a shot at it, <laughs> yeah, you get on your beautiful Vita. Um, you can definitely take a shot <laughs> at it there. It's a good system. It anyway, is. so the awards on it was Electronic Gaming Monthly, Role-Playing Game of the Year, Runner-Up, which makes no sense because it's <laughs> not an RPG. Um, Editor's Choice Silver, Game Pro, Best Role-Playing Game, Second Place. Lies. And then Metacritic's number six best critic-reviewed PlayStation 1 Game of the Year of 1997. I could see that one because um, it didn't actually say, you know, role-playing game. But still, it won a lot of awards. Yeah, won a lot of role-playing game awards, you know. Yeah, which is surprising because it's not a role-playing game. <laughs> but again, who knows? Like when all that back in that time frame, what was actually designated as a role-playing game? We know what an RPG is. But back then, they're still kind of trying to figure all that stuff out. I'm so happy <laughs> that you guys are not calling it an RPG, by the way, because it drives me bonkers when people call the Legend of Zelda an RPG, and I'm like, listen, the game's great, but it's not an RPG. Give me no, no, it's no, not. It's not. It's not an RPG. Um, if well, I'd done, if gets, I'd done my research, we wouldn't have played it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It said RPG on the box, so I just assumed it was. Speaking of your research time, since you're not on the show a lot, you should probably research all the games on the list to find out if they truly are RPGs. Pointing but, at you. I say no, normally I do before they come up. <laughs> That's true. I, I normally try and keep it 10 games ahead that I'm actually ch- ch- double-checking that they should be on the list. I'm always crossing stuff off. But, I know, yeah, I like that. I just, I just, I just didn't realize. I just assumed... Because like like I say, I played this back in '98, and it said RPG on the box I've got upstairs. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I just I just assumed right. it was an RPG. It said it was on the box, man. Lies. All right, <laughs> let's move on to the game, the setting of the game.
So, the, um, the, the game is set on the island of Torla, uh, and most of it is set within the town of, um, I want to say, Inua? That's what Maybe? I'd call it. Inua? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's about as good as I can get with it, really. Um, and uh, one of the good things about the game is that it has an absolutely amazing cast in this town. Considering it's like, you know, like with Zelda games, it always gives you a town to come back to. But these people always have, um, like, big evolving characters around them. Um, so, you know, we can start with, like, um, Jess and Septimus. So Jess is kind of the guy who takes you in. He's the blacksmith of the town. He likes to make things. He makes weapons for you, which is really nice. Jess is a, Jess is a top, top guy. Takes you in, you know, come on, Alandra. You can come stay with me. You can write, you can write in my book. <laughs> yeah he tells you about writing in the save book and he says you can use my save book if you want and i can only write made a sword today so many times <laughs> that cracks me up when i saw that um uh, i mean what what about you caleb does this, what ones actually stand out from when you remember from what you remember of the game well so the town of enoa or enoa or whatever the heck it is i when I played it, because it's been a while since I've played this game, but I remember that town feeling just monstrous. Like, and like you said, the characters are so well done and everything that it feel it felt like an actual, real city. I thought they nailed um, how Inoa felt. It felt like a town with people populated with all unique personalities. But um, the characters that I remembered the most are I remember Jess. And I remember him taking you in and I don't remember much past that. And then um, Sybil was one that stuck out to me in a big way. And I, I think that that partly was because of a uh, she had thing red that eyes. happened in the plot later on. <laughs> she had but, red eyes, man. Yeah, she but was she was like, she was creepy, but she was like cute and cool at the same time. I don't know. She was endearing in a way. I, I like Sybil. I, I did, but she had that perfect. She reminded me of, uh, uh, have you guys read the King Killer Chronicles? Oh, that's the, I would have rich for that one. And you no, it. no. Uncle okay. Rich. There's a, I oh, can't okay. remember the name of the character in the King Killer, but it reminds me of her where she's just, she's a little bit off, but you can't help but like her. And I, and I like Sybil. But man, I read some stuff and it's like not a lot of people were as big of a fan as her. So oh, I really like Sybil. Okay, yeah, good. Was, yes. Thank you. Crazy, crazy little girl, red eyes. You know, she could dream. She could dream while she was awake to crush things with her mind. Yeah. Um, the dream while you're awake, especially in this game was like fat, super fascinating. Yeah. Cause she was really helping Alandra along with all of his stuff. Right. Um, so don't remember much about Septimus. Cause he's kind of like the main guide with Alandra. I and Septimus. Sounds like a transformer. <laughs> so I remember Septimus, but then like this was one of the things where I was reading through some of your notes and I was like, oh, this guy's like becoming clearer in my mind and stuff. I, I he was a big part of the story, but I didn't latch on to him or care about him that much. But I yeah. do remember him being a bigger part of the story with his like because he's science he's, experiments or whatever he's doing. Yeah. Or, he's the guy who always turns up to push things along. Like he's the guy right. who comes into the sanctuary with you and you have to try and like, unlock all the mysteries of the church. And he's in there with you trying to help you along as well. Um so yeah he's he's like a big one. He's the one who says like, hey, you can walk in people's dreams. <laughs> it's like, how do you know that? Uh yeah, there's just there's lots of there's lots of like 
lots of the characters here are quite memorable. Like um, uh, Bonaire, like I said, he's got this weird sort of surfer dude thing, and he's the one who has the succubus in his dream. Is <laughs> the woman who's just trying to sleep with him the whole time? Hey, that fits um, perfect for the California boy attitude, I guess. Maybe, exactly. maybe not. <laughs> uh, Klein, uh, don't remember him. He turns into a werewolf. Oh yes, that's that guy. Okay. Uh, there's also uh, Giles, who's just a complete bastard the whole time to Alandra. Yeah, he's a. He's yeah. like, this is you. This is your fault. And then as well, there's a couple of people who aren't on this list, like Ronan, who's the. Um, He's the priest or the head of the church, which is just outside of the town. And there's also Olin, the miner. Yeah, Ronan was a, I don't know, he was a fantastic character. He's memorable. I yeah, don't remember didn't. Jack. <laughs> well, you didn't really get too much of the stuff with, um, with Ronan. No. I think you've, yeah, only just, you've only just met him at the point where you, where you stopped. But we'll, we'll get to that I in a bit. I think so. Yeah, you stopped right before it got good. Yeah, pretty much. After the coastal <laughs> cave is when all the good stories starts coming out of the game. That's that's what happens. It gets really dark. But I can yeah, always listen, go back. <laughs> you can go back. I, I would suggest it, but it's it's hard as nails. And I've got a nice little cheat for you for the final dungeon as well. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Which I didn't learn until after I bloody finished. <laughs> <laughs> it would have saved me probably about half an hour of my life. And probably my uh, my Vita's A, better, a button a lot as well. <laughs> But yeah, just uh, the town was just full of men, many memorable people and obviously this big island to explore as part of the setting. But because that's kind of the whole game, I'm not going to go into that as much detail as I would normally, but we'll just discuss the areas as we get through the story. Because pretty much the story is you have to go to every area at one point. <laughs> mm -hmm. So let's talk about the gameplay. Let me do, I'll do the first part for you. The first okay. paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> so the gameplay involves extensive exploration of the island, uh, various dungeons and an emphasis on challenging puzzle solving. Um, that was some of the things I had a problem with. The real-time action combat and platforming as well as interacting with non-player characters in the village of Inoa. I don't yeah. know, whatever we decide. We're going, for, we're going for Inoa. Yeah. So um, I will talk about the, the gameplay itself. It has a lot of the yeast bump and grind feel to me i don't know if you know yeah, yeah. Uh, if you, you know. told me you was going to say that i'd have got the drop ready why, why not <laughs> you know bump and grind. i know well, I'm, not, I'm not i'm not prepared as normally you know i don't have I all my drops i just got all the ones ready for today yeah bump so the main plot involves dream walking uh, where a launder can with a little bump and grind <laughs> i totally started that shouldn't have done that <laughs> sorry um <laughs> sorry so it's back to the usual <laughs> The main plot involves dreamwalking where Alondra can enter people's dreams with each dream level having its own unique twist based on the dreamer's personality and traits. I thought that was, from what I saw for the first couple of those dungeons um, with the, the dreams, I thought that was actually pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, because that's an amazing concept. I, mm -hmm. I still love it to that day, to this day, to that day. 
It's kind yeah. of kind of like Persona in a way. I never thought about that, but it kind of is, I guess. That's a good point. I like that. I mean, I like this idea better, but. Yeah. So <laughs> if you think about it, is it that we, we talked about this a lot of times is video games, the RPGs of the golden years do influence a lot of the, the games now mm. uh, and things that we've done. So that's something about that. Yeah, it's amazing playing a lot of these older games and then seeing the influence that has on the games coming forwards. Um, you know, I don't play many modern games, but <laughs> you do see it on occasion. Yeah. So the gameplay style is a top-down action uh, adventure. Action adventure, obviously, I can't read. Um, is known for containing many extremely difficult puzzles. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Some which cannot be accessed until the player presses further in the game. Uh, it's also known for... Um, it's amaze balls, music, dark storyline, a range of uh, Terran and surfaces also add variety from sand, which causes player to move over slowly. That was a pain that I asked just by the way. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the uh, desert despair. <laughs> to, to lava, which damages the player. Upgrading throughout the game can help players overcome many of these obstacles, encouraging exploration. And boy, is it fun. You can yeah. tell I wrote this. <laughs> I know you and uh, Bill will read this last sentence that he wrote. Yeah, I just, I just had an absolute well. blast exploring the games world and all the little puzzles that it would throw at you. I think my, like the dungeon puzzles got ridiculously hard and yeah. were a massive challenge and an absolute drain on the brain at times. But the puzzles out on the top world map were just so much fun. I just loved love getting a new weapon and being able to go out open up a new area of the of the top of like the of the top world of the island and just explore and try and find all the little nooks and crannies and the impossible jumps it was great just absolutely loved it it was an absolute delight i think this game is a is a great example of why i think some people should use strategy guides um like if you want to go ahead and try this game without it then that's fine but you better be prepared to like you're going to struggle and you're going to have to like use your brain a lot harder than I normally have to anyways. And when I used the strategy guide for this, it was like, I just had fun the whole way through because if I ever got stuck, I wasn't getting frustrated at the game anymore. I was getting frustrated at my strategy guide that sucks. <laughs> um, but uh, it, the, all the answers were in there and then I could just like continue on. So I only used it when I had to, which was a lot more often than I wanted to, but I, yeah. And yeah, I think I this is a good example of that. Using strategy guides can can benefit sometimes. Yeah, I used to, I I basically used a uh, strategy guide just to guide me around because there was one point of the game as well where I was just like the the sequence ended and I was just like I clueless don't know where I'm supposed to go next um, and that was to the desert of despair unfortunately uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah it was just um, I I did try whenever I got to a puzzle I'd give it a good bash. And if I found it too difficult or I was just like, I'm getting nowhere near this, then I'd look it into the guide. It sounds like you and I played very similar then. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, I wanted to try and get through some of those puzzles. And then sometimes you look up the guide and be like, what? (laughs) What am I supposed to do? And then then spend another hour trying to do it. (laughs) Be like, I need to get good at this. (laughs) That bloody impossible jump. (laughs) If I, yeah, actually there was one on there where it said, um, this jump looks impossible it's not and i'd read that after a tide after i tried to do it 10 times thinking maybe this isn't the right way it's like oh no it's the right way did it next time <laughs> just because i knew that it was possible <laughs> yeah if but, you have uh, to say that in a in a guide then and that was like part of the main story that wasn't like something extra oh no that was an extra thing 
Oh, okay. That makes yeah. it a little bit better then. I was going to say, man, that's some, that's a, might be a little gameplay design flaw that I didn't realize, but if it's extra, then. No, no, they, they, were little, they were a little bits later on being like, hey, do you remember that impossible jump? This is the same, but you can do it now, can't you? It's like, yeah, I did it first time. <laughs> I've got good at this jump. <laughs> I can do the impossible jumps now. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, you get different weapons as the game goes on. That often helps um, unlock different areas of the map. So Elandra starts off with his sort of basic sword. He also then later on gets a flower, you know, a big metal ball and spikes on the end of a chain. Um, <clears throat> he gets a bow and arrow. And I think other than that, it's just various sword upgrades. Wands. Get... Don't you get wands too? Oh, I'm not forgetting the wands. Okay. Or oh, that, that beautiful fire one. Oh, that's yes. one sexy beast. <laughs> oh, Rich, mate, if you'd got the fire wand. Yes. I don't remember anything. <laughs> you, did, you, didn't get, you didn't get up to the fire wand. I don't, think I, I don't think I got to it. <laughs> I like, I, dude, I, isn't there two wands? Isn't there two? There is. There's an ice wand okay. as well. But... So... I thought the wands were cool because that's something that you don't normally see in a game. And if you do, it's like, here's your white mage or black mage and they can only do magic. I thought it was pretty cool to have that kind of a weapon in this kind of a game. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, again, but it was nice that you could have just this thing where it would just throw fire out and you could burn all the bushes. <laughs> it's better. And, but also the game was a bastard because it gave you that after a dungeon that had lots of burning puzzles in it we'd have to pick up the candles and throw them on the bushes. It's just like, and then as soon as you finish that dungeon, it opens up the next area where you can then get the fire one. It's just like, you bastard. That's how they rewarded you. You did such a good job with these candles. Now you can have this wand. Yeah, because there was one, oh, there was one puzzle in that dungeon. Uh, this is the, uh, is it Magiscar? Uh, the Magiscar cave. Um, <clears throat> and there was one puzzle in there to get the, gold, uh, the, guide, the, the golden falcon thing and it was so impossible it took me like 45 minutes to try and do this thing with these bloody candles and burning these bushes and jumping over these things in this pond to try and uh, get that golden falcon and i eventually got it and in the guide it said like the next paragraph after the thing was just like if you find this too difficult wait until after the dungeon when you've got the fire wand and come back it's like <laughs> uh, uh I did it. <laughs> I, I've been there. I've been there before. I've done that. That's yeah. Yeah. I did it. That's the important thing. <laughs> and yeah, um, uh, one of the other things Alandra gets to play around with is magic. So um, as you explore again the world map and the dungeons and stuff, you pick up these crystals, and there's a maximum of four in the game, which then gives you four chances to use magic before you get to recharge them at save points. And you get things like um, a fire spell, which spits out fire everywhere. There's a water spell where all stuff goes out. Uh, I think there's a nice spell as well, where it kind of gives you like a little shield going around you for a little bit. doesn't last really long, though, but it's handy against the bosses. And then I think at the very end, I didn't really use magic much unless there was like a huge mob of um, enemies. That was kind of what it was for, basically. It was just like clearing a room. Just like, okay, there's too many things here <laughs> for me to kill on my own. Uh, and then there was like, um, if you got all 50 golden falcons, which are like a special item in the game, and some of them are missable as well. So get... are they golden or are they gilded? Because oh, I thought gilded. it was gilded. No, they're, okay. they're gilded. they're gilded. Sorry, that's just me being okay. <laughs> and, and And a general idiot. <laughs> Sorry, the gilded I just falcons. wanted to make sure. I just I wasn't sure. It's been a while, so. No, yeah, so the gilded falcons, like, it's like... Um, there's 50 of them. If you get all 50 and you give them to the ship, uh, the guy who was controlling the ship at the beginning, we'll get to that <laughs> on, on the clock. Um, and he trades them in for various items. Like you get health upgrades and things from him. And the very last one is a special wand, which will do this earth spell, uh, which will just 
clear everything or even like one shot most bosses it was ah. super overpowered but if you got to the point we've got all those 50 falcons like you didn't need it like three of them you had to get from the casino mini games do you remember those caleb I, I don't remember a casino in this game at all, to be honest ah. with you, actually. So that comes as a surprise. Oh, okay. So just west of town, um, before you get to the fire mansion, uh, there's a pub. And uh, one of the... There's a, there's a couple of points in the game where there's one of the houses in the village where you can jump through its... Um, you can jump through the uh, chimney. And there's two points in the, there's like two or three points in the game where you can jump through there and there's a special box and you open it and you take the guy's ticket to get to the underneath of the pub. And then down there is a little mini casino where there's a, there's a fighting mini game in a ring where you have to kill slimes. Swans? <laughs> uh, slimes. slimes. You, have to kill it, you have to kill them really quickly. And then there's, um, there's another mini game where you have to shoot arrows at moving targets. And then there's a final one, which is a roulette wheel, which is an absolute bastard. <laughs> but you have to like do these three things to get like you'll get a gilded falcon like you'll get loads of different prizes from but once you've completed them you'll get a gilded falcon at the end and it's just like i went down there i tried each one i was just like nope <laughs> at that point i gave up on the gilded falcons i was like i'm put my hands up i don't care <laughs> <laughs> i don't care if i don't get this super overpowered wand <laughs> that'll do me but you know it's uh, like rich said it's nice simple action rpg stuff hit the enemy don't let it hit you um you know, if there's lots of things, hit it with cool magic, um, special items and stuff to explore the world. Like you get special health items and like stuff to restore your magic. So, but you only get one. You can only carry one item at a time. You can't have like twelve magic potions. You only That's get one. Terrible. So if you've got your maximum of four uh, crystals for your magic and you've got one magic restore potion, you get eight chances to use your magic. And that's it. Uh, but no, I, I I love that, Rich. Negative Nancy. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Cool. Okay. I, I I actually liked the the one item thing because I thought that it made it a little challenging because the combat I didn't think that that was where a lot of the uh, challenge was. A lot of the challenge was in the stupid puzzles and where to go next. So I was okay with the one item thing, but I was also using a strategy guide and knew where to go. And so yeah, the com the combat would just suddenly surprise me at sometimes. It would just be like I'd be absolutely fine, doing really, really well, and then suddenly I'd make a mistake. <laughs> and then suddenly my life would just deplete rapidly and then I'd die. <laughs> and then luckily my wonder essence would kick in and I'd re I'd resurrect, get all my health back. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I've lost my wonder essence. <laughs> I'll get out of this situation. <laughs> I can't die in this dungeon. I can't die in this dungeon. <laughs> yeah, that makes oh. it stressful. <laughs> very very stressful okay so that's uh that's the basic gameplay you know like i said it's kind of um it's in a very much uh zelda-esque world top-down view walking around jumping around general having fun <laughs> let's get on to the plot Sadly, that brings an end to part one of the um, Alandra review. 
So um, I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. It was really nice having uh, Caleb onto the show. And you'll get uh, to look forward to hearing uh, myself, Caleb's, and partly Rich's views on the story of this uh, fantastic title. The material lockdown should either be just about finishing, <laughs> I'm not sure what date this is being released on, or it will be um, or over. So if you did take part, thank you very much. Uh, if you still want to donate, you can still donate to uh, the Motor Neuron Disease Association um, via the website. If you go to www.materiallockdown.com and you can uh, just pledge a few bucks there. Uh, just, you know, because it's a, we were just trying to raise money for a good cause. So plugs, you know. Guys, rate and review us on iTunes or any podcatching uh, apps that you use because it really helps uh, uh, open up the show to a wider audience. Really, really does help. Can't underestimate that enough. Uh, you know, even one star reviews, if you want to give us a bit of criticism, actually help than having no reviews whatsoever. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you can reach out to us on Discord. Links are below. And obviously we have uh, our Patreon as well. So we have uh, early access to the episodes, um, ad-free versions. Uh, we also have live uh, video versions of the episode we've got um, a couple of episodes of aftercast out there extra reviews and much much more so um, you know you can also send us feedback via emails if you want to at rpgafteryears at gmail.com uh, for any questions or any reviews or anything you want to give us uh, twitter handles you can contact us uh, the show at rpg years you can contact at the scott spot at howblue1569, at jhizzle, and at metunica, M-E-T-U-N-N-I-C-A. So, again, thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed what you've heard so far, and we look forward to catching up with you guys next week to hear the story of Alandra. Till then, I've been Bill, he's been Rich, he's Caleb, and we'll see you all next time for more of the RPG, the golden-ish after years. <laughs> Bye! The beast has been slain The world has been saved Our heroes are basking in the after years They rest in the tavern for all to hear The tale of how they banish their fear Revel in the peace that reigns through the land All will know it was by our heroes' hands Here in the after years Here in the RPG after years Here in the RPG after years This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. Are you a fan of high fantasy epic book series that are converted into television series? No, not that one. I mean an epic book series that is actually complete. I'm referring to The Wheel of Time, Robert Jordan's fantasy masterpiece that was completed posthumously by Brandon Sanderson. Well, I have the perfect podcast for you. 
The Taveren is a Wheel of Time podcast where three gentlemen go through the series one chapter at a time, in their own special way. Follow along as Bill, Rob, and Rich re-experience this great epic. Experience for yourself a world full of vibrant locations, colorful characters, and storylines that will never fail to surprise. Visit a world that Game of Thrones can only wish was as fleshed out and complete. The Taveren, a Wheel of Time podcast, is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably network of podcasts. Find our podcast wherever you get your podcast feed, or visit probablywork.com for episodes of this podcast and other great shows. We will see you at the Wine Spring Inn.